that's happening from a much younger age than even it happened for me. Like, I think the idea of awareness, but I also think quarantine has kind of been a gift in that way that all of us have been able to say like, okay, so we keep in the beginning of quarantine, we keep saying, I want to go back to the way it was. Do we actually want to go back to the way it was? Or mm -hmm. I don't think so. I think we want to say, this ain't working. Let's restructure. Life is a series of adjustments. Let's go and not feel rigid. But you've always loved change. And it, a, a conversation we, we've had before is like people around us are fearful of change. Your dad is one of them. Pe oh. People, they exist. Your dad was still using a Blackberry. In her socks until they actually disintegrate. <laughs> like he doesn't change. Um, you know, yeah, the one thing to say is I like everyone. I'm not sure I love change because change can be very painful. I have a very healthy relationship and acceptance of it, but I definitely am not like bring it on because it freaking hurts sometimes. But it, it, when it hurts, is that how you know it was needed? Hurts so good, I guess. And, and sometimes you could regret the changes. Like, you know, you could. I don't know if I've ever really regretted a big change because like, I think that as long as you're going into the person that you, I think you want to be a person that you're proud of. And sometimes it's good to write down qualities of ourselves on paper and look at them and go, Hey, these are the things that like, I really, cause we're kind of taught we're not supposed to do that. Or we're like, you know, cocky freaks. Totally. Why can we not write down some things that like are awesome? My thing that I love about myself is I'm really loyal. That gets me in a lot of trouble sometimes. You know, but I am like crazy loyal. So I love that about myself. Something I don't love about myself is that it can get the best of me and kind of blind me sometimes. And I can be like, I mean, people think of me as like, you're so strong. You're this badass. You don't take any. Oh, I, I can take it. But it's out of loyalty and out of love. And honestly, if I look at those two things, even though they're kind of like opposites, I'd rather pick the loyalty then become kind of like really, really calloused and jaded and live in the shell. So I'm down to have bigger heartbreaks sometimes because my heart's so open. That's okay. The loyalty really resonates with me because it, were you always loyal or was loyalty only something formed once you realize what it means to have a true bond with another human being? I'm just loyal from uh, in, inherently, I'm inherently loyal. My parents are extremely, extremely loyal. Um, and that's just been totally ingrained in me. My dad is like, it's really to a fault to like an unhealthy level, but I love it about him. I love it. Our parents, our parents sometimes don't give us, you know, all the tools that we, we need to kind of like survive. Cause you know, I was thinking that the other day I was like, you know, I, I am pretty tough, but like life is tough and love is tough. And I was actually saying this morning, I don't know if, if I have a big future in this, but at some point I want to do a line of realistic children's books so we can actually tell kids I, I know it's a little like pessimistic but it's not pessimistic it's just realistic and i think that we're setting kids up for failures when they realize that the dog doesn't actually talk to the cat like the dog really? wants to eat the cat and we've got to let them know that um because then you set your kids up for like i'm gonna bring the dog outside and let it talk to my cat and now look what he's witnessed hey, hey, but no. instead i want a kid who's gonna be like i'm gonna invent a way for my dog to talk so yes. he can one day communicate with my that's cat gen, that's gen z that's why they're taking over the entire world i'm sure some kid is already working on this like a caller where the dog can talk
I have a I have a collar for my dog that I love like punky like punk gifts like kind of kitsch obviously. Um, I have a collar that cusses my dog out when he barks <laughs> because I don't really want to like zap him or anything. But you can record and you could there's like already pre settings and it just tells my dog that he's an asshole every time he barks. <laughs> And that makes me feel better. And I don't even really care about the marking anymore. <laughs> it gets the job done. It does. It's like, Emu, you were so, like, such an asshole. And then we move on. And I, and I deal with a lot more assholes than my dogs that do way worse than barking. Like, my dog, the worst thing he does is bark. He is loyal, loyal, loyal. So we love Emu. But if you could only have collars for all the other assholes you deal with on a daily basis. Exactly. That is something. That's another line that I'm working on right yeah. now. Slow and steady. Yes. I am an entrepreneur. <laughs> Realistic children's books and callers for humans. Zach Sang Show. I got to hit pause on our conversation with Miley just for a minute to tell you about native deodorant. Uh, I'm obsessed. Native doesn't just block odor better, but it's actually made better. It's made with ingredients that you and I understand, like shea butter, coconut oil, tapioca starch. Plus, it's vegan. Lather your body up with vegan deodorant. And with 10 different scents, there's going to be a scent for everybody. Plus, they got seasonal scents too. My favorite, coconut and vanilla. When I put it on, I smell like a great day at the beach. It makes me feel confident. Uh, also, scents like lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, citrus and herbal. There's literally a scent for everybody. And Native is risk-free, like totally risk-free. Not only is there free shipping, but if you don't like it, send it back. You get 30 days to try it out. But I promise you're going to like it. 14,000 five-star reviews exist for Native. So if you want to try it out, I'll hook you up with 20% off. Just go to nativedo.com slash Zach or use my name at checkout. Zach, I just want you to smell good. Let's get back to Miley. Zach Sang Show. Miley, is the mullet an important part of this new era of Miley Cyrus? The mullet is an important part of family history. Um, my dad actually invented a very specific mullet called the Kentucky Waterfall. And mine, my dad, I asked him if that was the kind of mullet I had. And my dad told me the name. It's something English. Mine's more of like when I cut my hair, I told my mom, make me look like Rod Stewart. That's not a joke. And I called <laughs> myself Young Rod for like three weeks until it got a little longer. But it also does represent that kind of like 70s, Cherie Curry, Joan Jett, Debbie Harry. You know, this idea that, again, I think in a lot of cultures, actually, there, there's a, a spiritual connection between your hair and removing it and allowing that to be like a shedding of a path. Yeah. And so anytime I'm evolving, I, I get out the scissors, you know, that's kind of like, I'm very much a, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, you know where I'm at, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty open in that way. And it's like, you can usually tell by my hair what's going on. Let's dive into this music, because you mentioned some really important names, Joan Jett, uh, I don't know if you mentioned Stevie Nicks, but you yeah, are, Stevie. you are essentially taking a torch and you're kind of relighting it and then carrying it again. Maybe it's wrong to say that it's gone out. Maybe it's been dim for a little bit because I feel like that's been a style of music that has not necessarily existed, even though we've needed it. Well, but actually, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that about passing of the torch because I actually had this song blessed by Stevie Nicks because there, um, there is a kind of a, a nod to Edge of Seventeen in this song. Um, and so I actually reached out to her directly about you know, this song is 
has your spirit, your magic. I actually wrote this whole kind of message about like, you know, the kind of artist I want to be is the kind of artist that you've been for me. Like, I just hope that I can be that for other people. And like when I felt lonely, like Stevie Nicks has been there for me, whether she's known it or not. And I feel like I do have the connection with my fans. So this is actually passed from Stevie Nicks, blessed to, to use. So that felt, that was like the coolest thing that ever happened to me. Because the record is such the perfect balance of past, present, and future. It is, it's so now, but it feels like yesterday, but the best parts of yesterday, if that makes sense. Yes. Is there a responsibility at all? I feel like that's been a really important uh, important part of my journey as like, you know, I actually was going to post this video this week. I got to find it because it's hilarious. It's me playing Smells Like Teen Spirit on the Hannah Montana tour. <laughs> and all the fans, like, they had no idea what's going on. The best part is like only one mom is singing. All the other moms are like freaking out. But my brother had come to visit me in Australia and my brother was like, he would have done anything. He wanted to be baby Kurt. And I was like, I'm gonna sing the song for my brother and then just go in. And that's been an important part of my career. Like from the beginning, you know, I think something that's been really, really important when, I, when I'm talking about this song and talking about this record is that this is not a new idea. This is really, if we kind of look at my, uh, career as an entirety there's always been that kind of punk rock provocateur and again this isn't a new idea this is just really like actually what was really funny is me making this record because this is kind of this is one of the songs that I feel like is slightly more kind of mainstream pop and the record actually goes like full on you know Wendy O. Williams plasmatics like it, it goes there so you know I, I was really I was really just thinking about that and thinking about how yeah, this just isn't a, this isn't a new idea and that this is just something that um, I've accepted because I actually used making this record as a threat to my team at one point. Like after the last record, I was like, listen, I'm going to try pop one more time. And if I feel like I just can't sleep at night with it, I'm going to make a rock record. And they were like, well, then why are you waiting? You, you never wait. Just do it. And so I was like, you're right. I don't know. I don't know why I'm like threatening you with a record that feels like the right next step to me. I just thought, again, you know, I, I should just kind of keep trying going with pop and go with what I know, but that's not who I am. So again, I just went and started making a rock record. But what you've known has really always been what you're doing today because you hit the nail on the head, even the videos you were sharing of, you know, oh, you back in the day, dude, seven things. There's a ton of songs like fly yeah. on the wall, like rock. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> At the time in 2007, oh. man, that was like, yeah, that, that was it. I Those smacked the guitar hero. <laughs> Yes. By the way, when you talk, you were talking about Teen Spirit and performing that on the Hannah Montana tour. That, how, I mean, how cool is it? One, I mean, to have that escape, or you obviously don't tell anybody you're going to do that, or do you? Do you just do? Only my mom, who's a total metalhead. <laughs> Because my you know, like, is, like totally, like my mom thinks that when if you asked her what today's date is, she'd say, you know, August whatever, 1983, probably. Was <laughs> lost. I mean, like, that was, kind of, I can only imagine, like, at the time, you were breaking a rule, you know, essentially, doing a song like that in front of a, a massive arena, stadium, maybe, of kids in Australia. I never did anything that was any fun and asked first. Nothing I've ever done that's been fun have I asked. So that's, that's the rule. Don't ask. But do you even beg Unless for forgiveness? About, like, women, then you always ask and you always respect them. Amen. Amen. Okay. Will you beg for forgiveness though? Because usually that's the phrase, right? You know, don't ask for permission, beg for forgiveness. I don't beg. 
I don't do begging. I don't beg. Yeah. That's not me. Um, but I, uh, I also know how to smooth things over. You know, I can, I, I'm, I can, I'm smooth like that. I'm actually like not, I'm like the biggest dork ever and probably scream and have a fit. But I do <laughs> think that my honesty is part of my, uh, part of my charm. Do you have an album ready to go? I actually, I posted a photo the other day of me and Dua in the studio and I, I had her come over and listen to the record. And I, I wrote like, oh, Dua's heard what you haven't yet. And then as soon as she left, I was like, I should tell her that I like really evolve and change really rapidly. So to not think that I played a fake record when she buys my real one, <laughs> because hoping that Dua Lipa will buy my record, but, or listens to it in some way, because like, oh, here's this fake record, like, you know, pop sabotage or something. Let me play you this thing and then like not put it out and have like something else ready to go. Which like somebody would do. I just, yeah, exactly. Like play something really bad. So she thinks like, you know, oh, <laughs> no competition here. No, exactly. And then just like come with the bangers. But I, um, I did not sabotage Dua Lipa. I just evolved so quickly that the way Midnight Sky even happened was actually me wanting to beat the record. I'm so nuts that I was shooting a video on Saturday for another record of mine. And on Monday, I went to Andrew Watts and said, I think I could beat the song. And it's like, everyone's booked. You're doing a music video. The treatment is written. I'm like, we can beat it. We start writing it. I haven't even cut the chorus yet. And I'm like, this is it. So I just scrap everything. And I'm like, well, as long as I got a camera and a set, I'm going to adjust and make it go towards this song. Wow. So I wrote the song only like four weeks ago. But you know why that's worked for me is that's what I've always hated about records, especially when I used to make them in like the early 2000s, is you made physicals. So you had to turn them in months before. So you really didn't have this freedom of, Hey, I feel something today. I'm releasing it tomorrow because for someone like me that's changing so much, it's important that we just go with it when it feels like it's relevant because it might not be in the near future. Totally. And that's, it keeps it exciting. Keeps it really exciting. All this is a blessing. This like this, you know, I do love physical copies of records. I was even saying like, oh, I'm going to send my fans like CDs and vinyls. And all. I'm like, why? They literally not got it. Like, I don't even know where you play that. The only person that can play a CD in their car is my dad's truck has a cassette player and he has cassettes he has the thing where you know have you ever seen it where you put the cassette in and your ipod connects yeah. to the cassette? he has that and he only listens to waylon jennings which i'm like you have on cd so like i don't even know the point of this. Like, well of course i have it for you guys i was like none of us want to listen to anything that we're listening to through a cassette like cardi wop doesn't sound the same through a cassette dad just forget it <laughs> What were you going through when you walked into Andrew Watts and was like, okay, we need to write Midnight Sky. This is what the song needs to be. I felt like there was a disconnect between like my truth and my narrative and like public perception per usual. It feels like kind of like, you know, being a woman in the industry, there's a lot of like justification I feel like that we have to go through. Um, and so I felt like this was a kind of just for like a chronological view of like my last two years. I thought it was just really important that I, I kind of built a bridge over these waters because like, I feel like I was kind of uh, a, a villainized in a way for, one thing I love is that uh, the line forever and ever no more does not come from a place of like, you know, failure or bitterness. It's that from a young age, we're taught to, to commit to, Hey, this is your best friend forever. And it's like, how many of us like are actually still best friends with the person that we said was going to be our best friend forever. So we have this idea that forever, if not seen through is a failure. And I just won't really accept that because like there are just seasonal relationships. And I just also won't accept that like, 
I'm a villain in a situation for evolving and growing past and through a relationship because like, I still look at any relationship that is come and gone with like, I look at it as, as such a game, never a loss, just like a total, a, a total experience. And so I felt like this song was really about re retaking back that narrative and saying, no, it's my story to tell. You don't get to tell a story of a 10 year relationship from a couple pictures that you take. Like you, you don't, you don't get the full story from a picture. They say a picture says a thousand words. I don't really think it doesn't. That it it no. does not. No, it does not. But 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 a record does, right? And, and a record does, probably about a thousand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Later, but I'm thinking maybe about a thousand. Fire in the lungs, devil on the tongue. I mean, like, what? What does that even mean? Is that? That was about me saying things that I don't mean and being kind of quick to to lash back sometimes, and to um, I have a really hard time biting my tongue and it's gotten me in a lot of trouble and it's something that as an adult that now knows your words equal your character like i've worked really really hard to learn how to how to control that devil your words equal your character for real you think like you know someone's like well you said and you're like well i didn't mean it. it's like then why did you say it to me like you're what you say what you do equal who you are and you want to make sure every day I think again like that journal of of writing down what you like about yourself and what you don't and when I write down like I don't like that I say things that I don't mean to hurt people sometimes that is a character that's a quality of character that I do not want attached to my being I, I, so I work on it like I don't go well that's just how I am no that we, we got to stop with the this is just how I am this is just how I was raised no no proper change in evolution is possible hundred percent but it's just painful so get ready. speaking of change are you still not smoking because you know the prior mile was a party or smoker drinker and i know you said not my really mom for all the weed that i don't smoke my mom has managed to uh take over the uh the cush the cush throne um i do not smoke right now i'm also not really looking to be like a face of sobriety or someone that again like I, you know obviously i'm such an activist and I, one thing about biting the devil on my tongue i feel like my opinions a lot of the times i've stated as fact which is a mistake so i think for me personally being sober has been just where I've been able to get my job done and I really needed some clarity. You know, I had some trauma over the past two years and I really needed to deal with it from like a super sane, sober space. And again, like, you know, forever and ever, no more is my new thing. It's like, I I'm not committing to, this is how I'm going to live my life forever. But for right now, that feels good. And if it follows through into a longer period of time than expected, that sounds good too. Miley Cyrus, I have you gave me goosebumps. I have a deep, deep appreciation for you and for the art you put out here into the I world. I have a deep appreciation for your shirt. Oh, uh, uh, love. All dogs. <laughs> All dogs. And by the way, you have a smash record. So, yeah. I mean, you're kind of in control of that, so loop it. Yeah. Molly, can I ask you one dumb gossipy question? And you can just yeah. say off if you need to. I saw yeah. the fans were very excited that you followed Nick Jonas on Instagram. I've been following Nick Jonas on Instagram and have you ever gone and looked and seen that all of a sudden like that you've been unfollowed or you've unfollowed someone and like didn't mean to has this ever happened to you or no yes yes my has. thing unfollows people sometimes yeah people hit me up and say why did you unfollow me and I didn't unfollow them I think like a little saboteur like goes into my phone and like unfollows and follows people for drama so <laughs> I've been following Nick since the throwbacks on my Instagram like a year ago and I had a very epic photo of me 
coming out of an airport in an awesome vintage, now vintage Jonas Brothers tee. And we've been following each other since then. So, eh, yeah. I'm going to get one of those collars for you. Yeah. <laughs> People collars coming your way. Yo. Yeah, don't let sign anyone with a good time, but yeah. Love and appreciate you, Miley Cyrus. And you guys too. Thank you so much. Peace. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.